Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you as you grow your faith and your relationship with Jesus. Grab your notebook and a pen as we get right into the message. All right, well, let me ask you a question this morning. Do you really need the Holy Spirit to work in your life? That's a question I want you to ponder. I don't want you to respond with a yes just because you're sitting in the room and you feel the pressure of, of people around you. I don't want you to respond yes because we're in a series discussing the Holy Spirit. What I want you to do is really allow God to speak into your life, to, to challenge you, to help you come to the place of realization of what is the Holy Spirit's role really look like in your life. So the question again I ask you is, do you really need the Holy Spirit to work in your life? Now, if we were to to poll Christians across America, I'll be honest, you're going to get a variety of answers. You're going to get some people that said, absolutely, we need Jesus in our lives. I oftentimes say it this way, I need Jesus just to go to Walmart. (laughs) Come on. I mean, I say that all the time. I need Jesus on a regular, daily basis in life. Yeah, you're going to find others that tell you, no, 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 you don't need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was just for the Bible time. It was just for the launching of the early church. It's not really applicable to our lives today. But I'm here to tell you, I truly believe, biblically, as we're processing through, I believe that we need all that God has to bring to the table. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it was so important that he go away. Why? So that he could send the advocate. So that he could send the advocate that would speak into our hearts, that would speak into our lives, that would lead us, that would guide us, and that would give us that power that we need. Acts 1.8 says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why? Is that a superpower type of power? No. Receive power so you can be witnesses for God. So you can share the good news of Jesus Christ. So you'll have the boldness and the courage to tell those that you work with, those in your household, those in your neighborhood, those at the grocery store, so that you can share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives, actively moving, actively leading, actively guiding us on a daily, regular basis. So we're in a series right now, if you're just now joining us, perhaps you're joining us online this morning and you haven't yet been a part of this series, we're in a series right now where we're truly looking at who the Holy Spirit is and what is his role In our lives. You see, we understand God. We understand who God is. God so loved the world. God spoke the world into existence. We understand God. We we even understand Jesus. Sometimes I think we get confused and we forget that Jesus in the manger is the same Jesus on the cross. But we understand Jesus. Jesus loves us so much that he came to the world to die for us so that we could have true everlasting life and so we could experience forgiveness of all the wrong that we've ever done. But then there's this 
third guy that we oftentimes push to the side, we, we overlook him, we treat him as that unknown relative that we can't quite figure out, and we put him in the corner of the room or even at the kiddie table, and we say, you know what, we don't need you. See, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. What is his role in our lives? What does he want to do? What does he desire to do in our lives? I'm going to challenge you, I'm going to encourage you to approach this series with an open heart. You see, we have a, a myriad of backgrounds represented in this room, and, and who knows, all those that are watching online this morning, the different backgrounds, the unchurched, the denominational backgrounds, all the different experiences, what you've been taught through the ages. But what I'm trying to do in this series is grab this from a very biblical approach to give you biblical background, to give you as many scriptures as possible to help you understand the importance of the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life. Look at our text today. Acts chapter 2, verse 39 it says this, this promise, that's the Holy Spirit, this promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Now, I want you to let this sink in just for a moment. It says, this promise is for you, your children, and for those far away. Now this term far away, we're going to discuss it in just a few moments. It's not just talking about those in a distance, those miles away, but it's talking about those far away as in us today. This promise is for each and every one of us. Now in this series, we've already taken the time to look at what happens when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, we've discussed the freedom and the peace of the Holy Spirit. But today, I want to take a moment to discuss the Holy Spirit within us. But before I do that, I want to give just a little bit of context to where we are, just in case you're still a bit confused, or maybe this is your first time here, or you're tuning in for the first time this morning, I want to give some very basics, the why and the what of the Holy Spirit. Take a look at this. Number one, the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of prophecy. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit's fulfillment of prophecy. How do I know that? Well, the Bible tells me in Acts chapter 2, it says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers, say all, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. They when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own language being spoken by believers. 
They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native language. Verse 16. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. See, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, what we're seeing happen not only on the day of Pentecost, but in the church today, this infilling of the Holy Spirit is a fulfillment of the prophecy that Joel gave in the Old Testament. God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now, no doubt this upper room experience, it caused an incredible stir among the people. People from all around heard the noise. Could you imagine with me on a Sunday morning, we're gathered here. The presence of God is so real and so alive. We're in the middle of worship. We're in the middle of the service. And suddenly the presence of God fills the room. And those in the community around us begin hearing the noise. And they start running in. What's going on? Come on. Right? Right? Could you, could you imagine with me just for a moment? Now, here's what was happening, though. As they were running in, there was a murmuring amongst the people trying to figure out what was happening. Some people were accusing the Christians that were seeking God. They were accusing them of being drunk. But Peter quickly explained to them, no, that's not the case. This is a fulfillment of the prophecy that Joel gave where God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now these Christians all began speaking in an unknown language and truth be told it oftentimes was the language of the natives that had traveled many many miles to get to Jerusalem in that moment. But in today's culture there are those that have taught that this infilling of the Holy Spirit this this anointing of the Holy Spirit is not for today. It was just for the launch of the church. But Peter clears that up in our text, which we read just a moment ago. This promise is for you, your children, and those far away. Literally, it means people in the future. That's us. This gift is as much available to you it's as much available to me as it was to those in the upper room that day. And if Jesus said, it's vitally important that I go away so that I could send the advocate. If Jesus said, it's so important that I leave so I can send you this promise. And it wasn't just for those then, but it's also for us now Could you imagine how important it is for us to begin to seek all that God is? To say, Lord, whatever you have, God, whatever you want to do, God, however you want to move, Lord, I make myself available. I open up the door of my heart and I invite you in right now. So the first thing is a fulfillment of prophecy. Second is this. 
It is separate from salvation. Now, Pastor, you've already said this a time or two in this series. Why are you saying it again? Because I want you to be absolutely clear. I don't want there to be any confusion whatsoever. You do not have to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be saved. There's two separate occurrences. We see this in Acts chapter 19. Paul reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. And he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied, we don't know what you mean. We haven't heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Verse 6, then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. In other words, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues and prophesied. It's important for us to grab a hold that salvation and the infilling of the Holy Spirit are two separate occurrences. Let me explain once again. When you become a believer, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says that our bodies, our physical bodies are the home or the temple of the Holy Spirit. When I open up my heart, when I ask Jesus to come into my life, the Holy Spirit takes residence in me. He dwells in me. He leads me and he guides me. He convicts me of the wrong that I've done in my life. So when you give your life to Jesus, yes, the Holy Spirit comes in. But the gift of the Holy Spirit is an infilling of power. Again, Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We talked about it in this series. It's an anointing. It's a dynamite, dunamis power. That's the, what's what this word uh, power means. It's like dynamite. There's a new strength, a new ability to be witnesses. But beyond that, it's moral power. It's the ability to, to, for God to use you for miracles and life transformation. The third thing that I want to point out before we really dive in this morning is that the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the move of the Holy Spirit, is not for one or two or a, a select group of people. It truly is for everyone. The Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for everyone. Acts 2, 17. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Small little word, three little letters, A-L-L, but it truly means all-inclusive. No one left out. This gifting, this anointing, the infilling of the Holy Spirit is for every single one of us. That means that this gift that God has, it's a gift that he wants to give to us. And if it's a gift that he wants to give to us, should it be a gift that we want to receive? I would say yes. Let's take a moment and look what Jesus said. John chapter 14, he says this, If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. That's the Holy Spirit in this case, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now 
and later will be in you. Come on. He's with you now, but later will be in you. He's with you, but will be in you. Do we see the two separate occurrences? Okay, all right. So out of this scripture, I want to give you four very simple truths regarding the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? Are we clear on the other three points? Are we good? Let's look at our four truths. Truth number one, the Holy Spirit is a gift, not a purchase. I don't know about you, but I would much rather receive a gift than to have to purchase something. Yes? Anybody in the room like free stuff? Yeah, we all, if we were honest with ourselves today, every single one of us love free. I've seen some of y'all. Man, we go to places where they're throwing out prizes or maybe they got something free on the table. It doesn't matter if you need it or not. You're going to take it because it's free. It doesn't matter if it's your size or not. You consider it a goal, whether it's a small t-shirt or a 3X t-shirt. It's a goal, right? Come on, some of you, that'll sink in here in just a little bit. So what do I mean by this? You don't have to work to receive the Holy Spirit. You simply receive the Holy Spirit through obedience. The point is, God will send this gift to those who love him, who hunger for more of him. However, I've talked to people throughout many, many years of ministry that have struggled to receive the Holy Spirit because they, their mindset was a little confused. They, they approached the infilling of the Holy Spirit as something they had to do a list of things in order to receive. They had to pray a certain word. They had to stand a certain way. They had to hold their hands at a certain angle. And they had to, you know, whatever. They had all of these things that they had to do. But I want you to understand, the infilling of the Holy Spirit comes with zero strings attached. Come on, look at this. Luke 24. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. And then in Luke 11 it says, How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Holy Spirit is a free gift to you and to me. Now, did you see the common thread here? There's no purchase required. The price has already been paid. It's already been taken care of. The Holy Spirit is a gift that God wants to give, wants to pour upon each and every one of us. Now, how do I know it's each and every one of us? What have we seen numerous times as we're reading through Scripture? When they began to pray... All of them were filled, whether it was the upper room, whether it was on the, the, the coastline in Ephesus, wherever it happened to be. When they began to pray, God filled all of them with the Holy Spirit. Now, our second truth is this. The Holy Spirit is an advocate, not an assistant. Now, why is that important? Well, there's a difference between an advocate and assistant. Let's, let's look at the definitions. An advocate is this. One who pleads the cause of another. 
one who defends the cause, or one who supports the interest of the cause. But an assistant doesn't lead the way, an assistant doesn't have our back, an assistant doesn't defend the cause, an assistant isn't our support system, an assistant is just a person who assists someone else. Don't you hate when they use a definition with the word that you're trying to define? But this is what we get from Google. Thank you, Google. A person who assists another. The Holy Spirit is our advocate that pleads our case to God. He's the one that has our back. He walks side by side with us through life. He's our support system. He's our defender. Now, remember last week I shared with you that the Greek word that is used for Holy Spirit or advocate is the word paraclete. So in essence, he is the one that has your back in every situation. He's not your assistant. Because an assistant just follows directions. Can you get me a cup of coffee? Can you send this email? Can you take care of this for me? An advocate takes the lead. Passionately pursuing the results. The Holy Spirit steps in on your behalf and on my behalf. So back to our question on the onset of the service. Do I need the Holy Spirit in today's society? Absolutely yes. I don't need an assistant. I need a paraclete. I don't need an assistant. I need the Holy Spirit. I don't need somebody just walking around. I need the Holy Spirit, an advocate, to lead me and to guide me. The Holy Spirit steps in. Look what it says, Romans chapter 8. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Have you ever had moments of weakness in life? Anybody? Yeah. We've all been there before. The Holy Spirit steps in in that moment. In the midst of our weakness, in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our uncertainty... The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groaning that cannot be expressed with words. And I look at that, and and I don't know about you, but I see that not just as good news, but that's great news. Because there's moments in life when I'm dealing with something or I'm going through something or somebody needs me to pray about something. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to do. I don't have the right answers in the moment. But I can allow the Holy Spirit on my behalf to begin to intercede for me and through me. The Holy Spirit steps in. Speaks when I don't have the words. When I don't know what step to take. John chapter 16 says it this way. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. We don't have to guess. Is this right? Is this wrong? Is this the path? Is it not? The Holy Spirit places a peace and an assurance and a comfort deep on the inside of our lives. He leads us and he guides us. Again, he's not an assistant. He takes the lead in our lives. But the question is, are we willing to allow him to lead? 
right? Because that's the game changer. I can, I can attempt this thing called life by myself. Many of us have tried. It doesn't work. Stephen's like, I'm not even holding back. No. It's not working. No, we've tried it, haven't we? We've tried to lead this thing by ourselves. We've tried to figure it out. But the problem is we are so limited. And every time we attempt it by ourselves, somewhere along the line, we stumble. We face plants. But Jesus said it's, it's vitally important. I'm going to send you this advocate. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to direct you. He's going to help you in every moment of life. In the times that you don't know how to pray, he's going to step in on your behalf. He's going to intercede with words you don't even understand. You see, we need the Holy Spirit more today than ever before. Look at our third truth. The Holy Spirit will define right from wrong. Come on. If anything is needed today... We need someone to step in and define right from wrong. Now, there was a moment in time where we said, oh, there comes a point in time when every child knows right from wrong. I would hope that'd be the case today, but I don't think it is. Because there's so much muddy, murky water out there. What used to be right is now wrong. What used to be wrong is now right. And, and there's this confusion in the midst of all of it. We don't know where to turn. We're, we're afraid to say anything. We're afraid to do anything. But the Holy Spirit wants to step in and define for us right from wrong. Look what it says in John 16. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. He will convict the world. I don't have time to dig into all of this scripture. I want to look at just the, the first thing he does. He will convict the world of its sin. We live in a time where the lines of right and wrong have become blurred. That's where the Holy Spirit desires to step in, to bring clarity in life. John tells us that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. So why is the world in the mess that it's in? If the Holy Spirit is with us, if the Holy Spirit is here, then, then why is the world in such turmoil? Why don't we really know right from wrong anymore? If God sent the Holy Spirit, why is there still confusion? If the Holy Spirit is here to convict us of wrong, why do we keep doing that? Well, John 14 gives us the, the answer to this. It says, the people of this world cannot accept the Spirit. Why? Because they don't see or know Him. We can't accept the moving of the Holy Spirit. We can't accept the correction of the Holy Spirit. We can't accept the defining between right and wrong of the Holy Spirit. We can't allow the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. The problem we have is because the world doesn't know him. Could it be that it's our role to introduce them? 
Could it be that this infilling of the Holy Spirit, this power that we receive with the infilling of the Holy Spirit gives us the opportunity to introduce them to the life-changing Holy Spirit. To bring them to the place of full surrender, of allowing the Holy Spirit to lead them and to guide them. See, if we truly desire to see the evidence of the Holy Spirit work in our lives, then it's time to stop pushing him to the side. It's time to allow him to be active in our lives. Yeah, we live in a world that's confused. They don't know right from wrong. This confusion that's set in. But the Bible says in Galatians 1, verse 6, you are following a different way that pretends to be good news. But it's not good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth, deserting Christ. You're being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Oh, that's that's the reality, right? Do we, do we see that happening? That they put just a little bit of truth in there to make it look good. But they wrap all of this untruth, confusion, blurriness around. The Holy Spirit desires to step in to that moment to illuminate the truth of God, to allow the truth of God to become evidence to bring about change. Now, I've said it many times, what one generation tolerates, the next generation will embrace. And that's what we're seeing. If we can just infiltrate, if they can just infiltrate the young generation with confusion. Come on. Mom and dad, let me get on a soapbox for a moment. Are you monitoring the trash that your kids are consuming? Oh, pastor, I, I don't want that. That's their phone. Do you pay for it? Okay, so I'm, I'm done with my tangent. We'll just move on. Today's the day to get rid of the junk. Let's look at our fourth truth. The Holy Spirit wants to be known by you. John 14, 17, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. God has a plan. God has a purpose that is so much greater than what we perceive on our own. You and I, we need the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. Who he is, how he thinks, and how he sees is supernaturally beyond our small human understanding. But you see, the Holy Spirit reveals God's perspective to us so that we can better understand who God is and what he desires to do. The Holy Spirit helps us keep our lives 
in the right perspective, to position ourselves. But if we're not careful, we can quickly skew that perception. We can start questioning if God is even anywhere around. But when we allow the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives, when we allow the Holy Spirit to, to lead us and guide us, suddenly there's a new understanding. Suddenly there's a new strength, a new anointing. Church, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you today. Seek God for all that he has. Seek God for all that he has. Pastor, I don't understand everything about the Holy Spirit. That's okay. The people on the coast didn't even, they hadn't even heard of the Holy Spirit. About a two-minute conversation, they're like, let's go. We've never heard of this guy, but we need him. Come on, we need the Holy Spirit. I'm going to challenge you today. Say, Lord, whatever you have. Lord, I don't have it all figured out. But if it was so important that Jesus had to go away so you could send the Holy Spirit, Lord, I need him today. I need all that you have. Would you bow your heads with me today? Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to you. 